We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. This is Lakers Nation live with me, Trevor Lane. <laughs> that is me. We've got oh a rough one. Another rough one here. Uh, the Lakers fall 132 to 125 to the Utah Jazz. Brutal stuff. Once again, you know, the Lakers, I thought they had opportunities to win this game. It looked like they were in a good rhythm when they came out especially in the first quarter, dropped 39 points, but their offense could not keep up. Rough game from Anthony Davis. We've got a lot to talk about from this one. Before I dive into everything, though, quick reminder, make sure that you are subscribing right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel because you know we're going to keep you up to date with everything going on on the trade market ahead of the deadline. The deadline coming up February 8th. Lakers already in the thick of a number of rumors, and I know after this game, even more of you are going to want to see the Lakers in trade rumors and trade discussions. Uh, again, lots to dive into, so I appreciate those of you guys joining me live here on a Saturday evening, whether you're on YouTube, whether you're on Facebook, whether you are over on X. Appreciate all of you guys coming in. Um, this was, and I think before we get to D'Angelo Russell, who was phenomenal this game, <laughs> 39 points for D'Lo, but Anthony Davis had a triple-double and I think this may have been his worst game of the season. A triple-double, 15 points, 15 rebounds, 11 assists. Doesn't that sound great? Four blocks. Doesn't that sound great? You think, whoa, what a great, great game for Anthony Davis. He was 5 for 21 shooting. Missing shots were not accustomed to seeing him miss. Shots right at the rim. Layups missing. Plus six turnovers for AD in this one, no LeBron James tonight due to a, an ankle injury. No LeBron James. And you know what? If you got a normal Anthony Davis game, which is really, really good, right? But if you got a normal Anthony Davis game, this is probably a win. This is probably a win. But uh, they didn't. They got, and I'm not trying to be overly critical of Anthony Davis, right? He's had a fantastic season. He's been great. Unfortunately, this was a bad game for him. And it came on a night when D'Lo had it going, Austin got going. These are things that you need to have happen 
if you're going to win a game, but the Lakers didn't get the right combination of things. You know, Matthew Optimus Peralta talked about a little bit on our last show that it feels like this Lakers team just has to have so many things go right in order to win. And they had the things they needed to go right. Go right. D'Lo went for almost 40. Austin was seven for eight shooting. You got 15 off the bench from Christian Wood. You got 17 from Rui Hachimura. Everything, Everything was there. The recipe for the win was there. Well, not defensively, but offensively, the recipe for the win was there. And you'd happen to get Anthony Davis's worst of the season. Just terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Opportunity was here to get a win. Um, we'll talk a bit about D'Lo too. D'Angelo Russell. He was fantastic. 39 points, eight assists, two blocks. Got the start with LeBron James out. So D'Angelo Russell starts, plays 41 minutes, 15 of 26 shooting, six of 11 from three. I mean, it was D'Angelo Russell's best game of the season. One of his better games of his career. And that kind of gets gets wiped out by, unfortunately, a bad Anthony Davis game. Andrew said, my biggest problem with Ham is the inability to counter opponent's schemes against Anthony Davis. Doesn't mean he didn't miss easy looks today, but still, the team doesn't have confidence right now. Give D'Lo props. Yeah, that, that that was part of the analysis coming into this game, was that the Jazz are a team playing with a ton of confidence right now. They've beaten really good teams. And so they're coming in playing with a lot of confidence. The Lakers are not playing with any confidence at all because they're in the middle of a nosedive. They're falling flat on their faces right now. They are now two games below 500 and now go into a matchup with the Thunder. The schedule does not get any easier. Yes, January means some more home games, but it doesn't mean the schedule gets easier. So now, now you've got this Lakers team that is in free fall, right? They won a couple of games. They beat the Clippers. Um, they beat the Raptors, but now they've followed that up with losses. Got blown out by the Suns. Lost this one badly. Tough. Tough spot to be in right now. And we look at the Jazz compared to where the Lakers are at mentally. The Jazz are riding high. The Jazz are feeling good. Everything's working out for them. You can kind of see it on the floor. The Lakers, you're just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. They had that 39-point first quarter. You went, okay, hey, maybe they're all stepping up with LeBron being out, and a number of guys did step up, but it still wasn't enough, and you could see the confidence kind of get shaken as the game went on, and as Utah continued to get open looks and continued to score the basketball. Not uh, not good. Not good. Wicked Bronco said, crazy how everyone from JHS's class is balling out except JHS. I told everyone to not be fooled by spoiled ham after the two wins against the Clippers and the Raptors. This team has reverted back to how they were playing Ham never uses his challenge. Okay, so the first bit there. Yeah, Keontae George did some good things uh, for the Jazz. Every time you see somebody from this draft class do something, it's a reminder that JHS is in the G League and can't contribute anything to this team to the point where the Lakers had to bring in Skylar Mays to be another guard. And by the way, Skylar Mays actually got some minutes, in the, I mean, 10 minutes in this game. Um, yeah, I, I understand that's frustrating. That's frustrating. I I continue to say JHS is a young player. I'm not saying this is good. This is a good thing. I'm just saying a lot of people are just totally out on Jalen Huchifino. Look, this has not been a good rookie year for him. Um, This is, he has not done what the Lakers hoped he would do this season in terms of at least being a break glass in case of emergency point guard. He can't be that clearly they've brought in Skylar Mays so that JHS can go play in the G league because he can't play in the NBA right now. Um, 
That's not good. But he's still just 20. There's still time for things to come around and for the guy the Lakers thought they were drafting to eventually appear and, and all of that. That's the only thing I'll caution. Is it frustrating? Of course it's frustrating. It's frustrating when you see other guys from the draft class do well and the guy the Lakers took is not. There's no doubt that it's frustrating. I'll give you that. Uh, as far as the team reverted back to how they're playing, I don't like. I thought they were playing. The Lakers brought energy to this game. I don't feel like this was just a lethargic. Like the game against the Suns was upsetting from the sense that it felt like the Suns came out, they punched the Lakers, and the Lakers just kind of went, "All right, we're just going to stay down. Nah, we're not. We're not going to make a run. We're good. You guys take this one. We're good." That was the my sense during that game. This game, it felt like the Lakers came out with some energy some intensity. The problem was they had that big first quarter and you just knew they gave up in every quarter. The jazz scored 30 or more every quarter. Utah had 30 or more points and you just knew the Lakers weren't going to keep pace with that. You just knew they were not going to be able to keep pace. The Lakers 39 points in the, in the first quarter, but then 28, 28 and 30. You just had a feeling the Lakers offense was going to break before Utah's did. Again, the first quarter score was 39-31. Great. Great. But after that, the Jazz won every quarter, and the Lakers offense just could not quite keep the pace. And you could kind of see it coming, unfortunately. But energy-wise, I thought, thought it was fine. Uh, Aqua said, Rui was on a heater, and Ham benched him. A Canthony... Davis appearance. Vando has the offense of a third grader. I miss anything. Well, all right. Yes, he did miss something with Rui. So Rui Hachimura, and I had a lot of people live over on playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation here on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation. I had a lot of people who were saying, why is Rui not playing more? Why is Rui not starting? All of these things, right? And that's fair to question that you can argue Rui should start over Cam Reddish or Rui should start over, over whoever you can de definitely make that argument. But tonight specifically, I don't think he can. And I thought Rui in his return here was good, but that's the key. It was his return. Rui, 19 minutes, six for 12, three boards, 17 points. I thought Rui was good in this game, particularly getting them buckets when they needed them. But Darvin Ham said before the game, very specifically, Rui Hachimura is on a minutes limit coming back off that calf strain. He's on a minute's limit. So that's why Rui Hachimura didn't play more. That's why he got benched. Now, over the course of the season, can we say Rui should, should be playing more than he is? Should he average more minutes? I think the answer is yes, and I think there's a real strong argument for it. But tonight, I think you have to give Darvin Ham a pass because the medical staff decided Rui needs to be on a minute's limit for this game because of the calf strain. They don't want a re-aggravation of that. They don't want to push it too hard. So that is why, and that's why I don't have a problem with the way Rui was utilized tonight, with the minutes that he was played because of that specific situation. Um, as far as Jared Vanderbilt's offense, that one play, he got he got the steal. He's on the break, and the whole time I'm saying, pass it, pass it, pass it. And I know most of you were probably too because you knew what was coming. He's dribbling down the court and he turned it right back over and it turned into a Utah three. It actually went a Jared Vanderbilt steal ended up being a positive play for the jazz because he came right back and turned it over and gave it right back to them. 
it's tough. You know, Jared Vanderbilt makes some nice hustle plays, but he just, he can't have him trying to do stuff like that on the offensive end, leading a fast break. That's just, it's not his thing. Wicked Bronco. Uh, AD has too many games like tonight throughout the season in the playoffs. I've never thought he was a guy you could build around post LeBron. The fact that LeBron can't sit a game and trust AD in a Lakers uniform at age 39 is so bad. What? Again, I have a hard time criticizing Anthony Davis too heavily, right? Because he's been he's been great this season. This was a bad night. This was a bad night. But I can't look at this and say anything more than this was just one bad night. Like everybody is allowed to have an off night, right? Even Anthony Davis can have an off night. And I think that's exactly what this did was. He was missing shots that we normally see him make. Nine times out of ten, I mean, missing layups right at the rim. Tonight was a bad night for Anthony. He got a triple-double. It was a bad night. And that's frustrating. But, yeah, that's not, that's the way it goes sometimes. It's unfortunate. But AD over the course of the season is good. And I know, I know, Anthony Davis didn't have a bunch of points against the Suns. It was also a blowout loss, so he didn't play a ton of minutes. But um, it was a bad night for AD. And it came at a terrible time because, as I said off the top, I think if you get a average Anthony Davis game, this is a win. This is a win, right? I mean, what's an average? What's AD averaging from the field? Fifty percent. Got to be. Got to be. Not better. Yeah, fifty-six percent from the field. It's what AD's averaging on the season. He was five for twenty-one. So. Let's say AD on an average night makes 11 of those 21 shots. That's another six makes for the Lakers in a game you lost by seven points. Again, you get an average AD game and you get a blow up from D'Angelo Russell. You get a great shooting performance from Austin. You get Christian Wood. You get Rui Hachimura getting into double figures. Torian Prince gives you 12. You get all this other stuff happening. It was all everything you needed for a win, even with, the Jazz offense going, it was right here. You were one bad Anthony Davis performance away, or I, I should say one regular Anthony Davis away from winning this game and dropping 140 points. That's where you were at. That's where you were at. Trey said, Reeves and D'Lo Masterclass uh, ruined... <laughs> Ru ruined and he called him Antonio David showed up tonight this team might not make the playoffs yeah if the playoffs started today the Lakers would not be in the playoffs the Jazz would be the Lakers would not fire Ham for limiting Rui uh, again that was that was a medical staff thing I'm not going to blame Darvin Ham for the Rui Hachimura thing Ed Carter said not challenging the Austin Reeves call which gave him his fifth foul and ultimately led to him getting fouled out I'm throwing uh, shame on him. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> that was bad. So Austin Reeves is defending Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson, look, the Jazz players were doing it all game. Drive, run into somebody, and you're going to get a call. And look, there was a play where Austin did the same, and he got a call, but the Jazz got a bunch of calls off of that. Just drive and run into somebody, and you're going to get the whistle. I thought the Jazz got the benefit of the whistle tonight. I don't think that's why the Jazz necessarily won, but I thought they got the benefit of the whistle. 
Um, in fact, that's two games in a row. I thought the other team have gotten since the Raptors coach went off. I think the Lakers have drawn the short straw uh, in terms of the the whistle. But but that Austin Reeves fifth foul, the sixth foul was a foul. Austin was moving. It was a block. There's no question. But Austin was so frustrated with the officials, with Colin Sexton, who was annoying in this game, who was was just talking and talking and talking when he's driving in, again, just hurling himself into people and getting free throws that way. And Austin was getting sick of it. And that play, Austin is defending Jordan Clarkson, and Clarkson tries the same thing. I'm just going to run into him, right? And they're on the perimeter. And Clarkson goes to run into him, and Austin just keeps sliding. Hands up, out, Austin slides, and slides out of the way. Kind of pulled the chair a little bit. And Clarkson is already committed to running into Austin Reeves. And so Clarkson stumbles, and they call a foul on Austin. And Austin's like, what, what did I do? And Darvin did not challenge it. Didn't use his challenge tonight. So if you're going to be upset with Darvin about something from this game, I think that's definitely one of them, especially when Austin was having a good game offensively. And that ultimately, again, the sixth foul was a foul, but that one was not. And Darvin didn't challenge to keep the fifth foul off of Austin. I'm done with this team, this comment says. It's just a losing team no matter who's in. I just expect us to hit a stretch each game. And sure enough, we do and lose. The trade deadline for us is go big or go home. Try to get Murray and Levine. I think that's probably too much money. Uh, I think it's too much money. But in any event, this is... This team needs a trade. The trade deadline can't come soon enough at this point. And I know we were at this point last season too, right? With with Russell Westbrook all season long, it was when are they going to make a trade? Can they make a trade yet? Can they get this thing done? And with this team now, we're kind of in the same spot. It's can they make a trade? I mean, just games are getting wasted. Games are getting wasted. And the only hope right now at a solution seems to be a trade. And we're still not there. We're still like every single game they play. You're just burning games. You've got to find a way to get a deal done. And a lot of teams aren't going to be ready to do a deal yet. A lot of teams are still not ready to pull the trigger on something. Not yet. And here we are. Right now, as we're recording this, as we're, as we're doing the show, it's the 13th. we got to make it till February 8th. We still have a ways to go. And that was the big question last season. Was, is there enough time left in the season for the Lakers to make a move? That's why last season I was saying, man, I wish the trade deadline was a little bit earlier because it doesn't give you a lot of time afterwards to really have the moves that you make change the trajectory of your team, especially when you need to change the trajectory of your team. And that's where the Lakers are at right now. They need to make a move in order to change the trajectory of this team. Period. That's what they have to do. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. M. Dredd said AD's triple-double was worthless. Lowry outplayed him. Again, there was some bizarre stuff like where Anthony Davis was getting bodied out of the paint by Lowry Markinen. Lowry had 29 points, 9 boards, 5 assists, 2 steals in 33 minutes, shot 3 of 6 from deep, 10 of 11 at the free throw. 11 free throws for Markinen, 10 for Sexton. 39 free throw attempts for the Jazz in this game. Now, I've said before, an equal number of free throw attempts doesn't mean a properly officiated game. The Jazz, to their credit, hit 92% of their free throws. 36 made free throws for the Jazz. If you're the person that that said the Lakers always get the benefit of the whistle and all of this stuff, look at this box score. (laughs) And again, if you watch this game, did the Lakers foul the Jazz a number of times? Yes, they did. I also thought there were a number of plays where the Jazz got the benefit of a, a very fortunate whistle in their favor. But still, that accounts for probably 10 of those free throws, maybe. And that's at at the most. And and here we go. Right on time. Jay Delgado said, at least people will shut up about L.A. having the refs in their pockets. The Jazz were getting a lot of questionable calls. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure did. I mean, the chat said, the Jazz just hit another free throw. And I've got people that saying, saying, stop blaming the refs. Look. Here's the thing. We have to be able to say what went on in this game, right? What we saw. Did the Jazz get a lot of free throws? Yes. Were all of them earned? No. Did that is that why the Lakers lost? No. That's not why the Lakers lost this game, but that's something that happened in this game. Right? And that's why it's something that we talk about. Right? It'd be a different story if I said the Lakers lost this game because of the referees. That's different. Have we seen games where that's been the case? Yes, and I've said that. That's not the case in this game. The Lakers didn't lose this game because of the referees, but that is a part of what happened in this game. Part of the storyline of the game. So again, there's a couple of ways that you have have to look at this. Just mentioning the officials doesn't mean you're putting all the blame on the officials. I know people look for stuff like that. Like, oh, you're just trying to put, put it on this one thing. No, there's a lot of things that happened in this game And I think part of this game 
we saw part of the story of this game was the Jazz getting a lot of free throws and from the Lakers' perspective, some questionable calls. Uh, Mamba Mentality said, what would you say are the three main problems of this team? This team's gone south. Great start. Uh, banished. We're back to square one. Same record as last year before the trade. This is not just a hiccup. All right, so the three main problems for this team right now. Number one, I, I think the, the big problem for this Lakers, it, it's the offense. Their offensive production, and tonight it wasn't as big of a problem aside from Anthony Davis, but in general, their offense doesn't keep pace with opponents. Their offense is a bottom third offense in the NBA. They need more shooting. They need more guys who can score the basketball, period. I think a second problem is they have too many players that are one side of the ball or the other that are all defense or all offense, and that makes things difficult. You've got, realistically, we're probably talking five guys, right? Five of the 14 on the roster are one-way players. You've got Austin, D'Lo, Torian Prince, who are essentially all offense. And and by the way, and Torian, I didn't think had a terrible defensive game in this one. Torian is probably the best defender of that group. But And then you have Cam Reddish and Jared Vanderbilt, who are all defense, no offense. So that's certainly a problem as well. And then I do think there's a coaching issue. I, I do think that some of the schemes, some of the things we're seeing this team run, it's just not good. Look, we talked about this with Frank Vogel, right? Back in the season with Russell Westbrook, all the old players, right? About how Frank Frank's final season, was that season Frank Vogel's fault? Was it all on Frank Vogel? Should he have been the guy to take the fall? No, it wasn't all on him. However, Frank Vogel didn't take his pieces and make them better than the some of their parts. He didn't put to form them into a team that really utilized all of their strengths. That's not to say that Lakers team was ever going to be good. Vogel just didn't improve upon what he was given. And I think the same can be said about Darvin Ham this year. Is everything that's wrong with the Lakers Darvin Ham's fault? No. I think people who are pointing at Darvin Ham and saying it's all on him, it's just wrong. It's just wrong. Because there's a lot more going on here. This team would not be sliding the way they are just because of a coach. It wouldn't happen. If this was a super talented team that was really good, that had all these two-way players, that had great offense, that had the ability to get stops when they needed them, this team would be winning games despite their coach. You wouldn't see a slide as pronounced as this. It takes a lot of things combined to create this situation. That said, is Darvin Ham a problem? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I think, I think there's some things he's done well. There's a lot that he hasn't. But I see a lot of people, and this has been pretty typical uh, of the last few seasons, and kind of in sports in general, is people want to find what is the thing. What is the thing? What is the problem? And then just latch onto that. I'm just saying, if they fire Darvin Ham, that doesn't fix everything tomorrow. It's not like they fired Darvin Ham and suddenly the Lakers are the best team in the West or something like that. There's other things that have to happen as well. There's other stuff that's going on here. That's my point. And of course, that's that's just three issues with the Lakers. There's more than that. There's more than that. Mentally, the makeup from this team, you see it. The big plays, the big moments, they come up short. 
don't they? More often than not. Okay, this is a big shot. You can feel it. You can feel it in the momentum of the game. This is the big shot. Miss it. This is the play they really need to stop. Don't get it. That's been pretty consistent, especially in the last month or so with this Lakers team. All right, and then people in the chat throwing in uh, the front office isn't good. Yeah, look, there's plenty of blame to go around. Plenty of blame to go around, including Darvin, including the roster, and all the other things. All the other things. Injuries are part of it, too. All of that. 19 and 21, halfway in. Yeah, we're uh, essentially at the halfway point now of the season. One more game. Playing and or missing the playoffs is real. They've got to turn around and turn around fast. You're burning game. You're wasting games right now. Just wasting them. Just lighting them on fire. Wasting games right now. That's what the Lakers are doing. Just like when we see what part of their MO has been, they get down, and then when they score, they turn right around and give the points back. Or when they get stops, they go down to the other end and they don't score. That's where the Lakers just kind of, they're just wasting minutes. They're not catching up. They're not making any progress. That's kind of what they're doing right now in their schedule. They're just wasting games, just throwing games away. You're never going to get them back. Wicked Bronco. The refs were trash tonight, and Austin hasn't been getting the calls he did last season. People will say it's because the league is adjusted. Then how do Trey Young and SGA still get those free throw merchant calls? Trade ASAP. Again, they need a trade, but it doesn't always happen mid-January. May take until the trade deadline, which is February 8th. It's a lot of games between now and then. A lot of games between now and the, and the trade deadline. Let's see. Trade deadline to February 8th. Here's the schedule until the trade deadline. OKC, Dallas, Brooklyn, Portland, Clippers, Chicago, Warriors, Rockets, Hawks, Celtics. That's, I believe, 10 games. Knicks, Hornets, and then Nuggets on the day of the trade deadline. So you've got, realistically, 13 games between now and the trade deadline. And it's possible that their trade partners may not be ready to do, do a deal until February 8th. That's possible. That's a lot of games that you have to find a way to get through with the roster as it currently is. Unless perhaps a team is ready to do a deal before that, but that's that's never a given. Oh, M. Dredd said, would love Draymond on this team would give up Austin Reeves. I would not. I would not for Draymond. Lord Beerus said, need a true guard like a Tony Parker or a Kyrie who can break the defense down and facilitate easier shots for teammates. D'Lo is a shooting guard masquerading as a point guard. Well, D'Lo wouldn't even call, call himself any of those things. In fact, if you call D'Angelo Russell a point guard, he will correct you immediately. He does not see himself as a point guard. That's not what he calls himself. That's the position he may play, but he calls himself uh, a guard or just a, a basketball player. He will not say, I'm a, I'm a point guard, I'm this, I'm that. But 
the the point remains. And that's part of the reason why the Lakers have said they're looking for, or at least the, the report has been that the Lakers are looking for speed and quickness in the backcourt on the trade market. That's what they're looking for. And that makes some sense that they would be looking for those things because D'Angelo Russell doesn't provide that. Austin Reeves doesn't provide that. So they're looking for that guy that can indeed break down a defense, get into the paint, find open shots. That's been a part of the problem for their offense right now. Uh, Wesley said fourth quarter was a pain to watch. The third, too. Third was, was pretty painful as well. Not easy to watch. Not easy to watch at all. All right. Goat James said the players don't want to play for ham. I hope a trade can fix this. And will the season be almost too far gone if it happens at the deadline? That's the concern. Now, last year it wasn't the case, but they went on an incredible run post trade deadline. They were great. And it's looking like they might have to do the same thing. That's asking a lot. It's asking a lot. That's why they've got to rack up some wins here. They've got to find a way to get some wins before the trade deadline because they're going to have to go on maybe an improbable run once again post-trade deadline in order to, to make it. Right now, you're the 11th seed, and the West is really good. It's not going to be easy. Their schedule, by the way, the schedule gets more difficult. Go look at March. It's insane. They've got a very difficult schedule. That's not going to be easy to, to get through. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on this team post-trade deadline. That's why it's so important that they rack up as many wins as they can right now. And right now, they are just taking loss after loss after loss. I think they're, I want to say they're two and six in the last eight. Awful. Spicy mayonnaise. Fans are going to blame LeBron and AD for low scoring, but it's looking like playing the most minutes in the league uh, is catching up to them. I mean, right now, you've had LeBron and AD mostly healthy for the season and you're still not winning games. I think that's mostly because the other guys haven't been consistent enough, haven't been good enough, haven't been giving you the scoring that you need, uh, the defense that you need. And a lot of those guys have been in and out of the rotations. So that's part of it too, because of injuries and other things. But then tonight that was reversed where the other guy, Dilo was great. Austin was great. Rui was great. Christian Wood was doing things, right? Everybody else was good. And Dilo, uh, AD was not up to his usual self. That's frustrating. Frustrating to see in the moment for this Lakers team. You finally got that great con uh, the great contributions from everybody else, and you didn't get it from Anthony Davis. Again, regular AD game away from winning this one. Regular AD game away from winning. Okay. Let's... Uh, Let's give a shout out here to our sponsors. Let's go to uh, our sponsor, which is Sleeper. And we're going to build a little contest together. You guys can download the Sleeper app and you can play right along with us, uh, which is a lot of fun. So let's do this. Let's do this here. We're going to build an entry. By the way, Sleeper will do a deposit match of up to $500. Use our code LakersNation. And we're going to make some plays here. I think I'm just going to do three. On this one, I feel like I need a win coming off what we saw from the Lakers. So I'm just going to do a three-man contest here on this one. And let, let's go with let's go with let's go with our old friend again. Miles Turner. Does he get six and a half rebounds against Denver? More or less. 
I'm going to go more. I'm going to say he can do that. I'm going to believe in Miles Turner. Jaime Jaquez, the guy maybe the Lakers should have had. Does he get, let's go with points. No, actually, let's go points, rebounds, and assists together. 24 and a half. Does he get more or less? More or less for Jaime Jaquez. I'm going to go against Charlotte. I'm going to say he gets more. I'm going to say he gets more. That's going to be my play. Again, all you got to do is download the Sleeper app. You can play right along with me here. And let's go potential trade target. Terry Rozier. 32 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. And now that LaMelo Ball is back, I'm going to say less. I'm going to say less. All right. So that's going to be our official entry of the night. Three plays. Miles Turner, more than six and a half rebounds. Jaime Jaquez, more than 24 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. And Terry Rozier, less than 32 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. That would be a 5.5x play. There are plays where you can do a 100x play. All you got to do is download that sleeper app, use that code Lakers Nation, get a deposit match of up to $500. Super easy to play. You guys just saw me do it. Hopefully you download the app and you'll play along with me in the future. All right, let me get back to some of your questions and comments here. And let's go with this one. Tyler said LeBron deciding to sit out in must-win games. Laughable. Kobe would have played. Lakers need trades this week or the season is over. Murray or Levine. So here's my question with that, right? Is Kobe would have played is what everybody says, and everybody compares LeBron to Kobe, and I, I get it. I understand why. But why are we assuming that that's LeBron's choice? In most cases, it's not. And I understand people will say, well, you know what, LeBron, if he really wanted to play, he would play. What, is the team going to tell him no if he wants to play? But typically, the team makes this decision. And in general, you may be right with LeBron, but in general, players get way too much flack for sitting out of games when it's it's not their call. It's not their call. So the team makes the decision, not the player. So I don't know if this was LeBron decided to sit this out. My guess, and this is it, and this is it. And Tina Guzman says it's LeBron's choice. He can play uh, if he wants. Yeah, look, I think if LeBron really pushed and he wanted to play, he would be able to play. I'm just saying in general, most cases, yes, LeBron being LeBron, if he wanted to play, he probably could play. In general, most players that get a lot of flack for not playing games, it was not their decision to make. That said, when I look at this, I really wondered if this was a planned thing in advance, that they looked at the schedule, they saw the Jazz like a month ago, and they marked this game on the calendar as, okay, let's get LeBron some rest in this one, and let's schedule this into our our plan for managing LeBron. And then the Jazz got red hot. And suddenly the Jazz were not a gimme win anymore. Suddenly the Jazz are the hottest team in the NBA. And you've already made this plan that this is the game LeBron's going to sit out. And they decided, okay, well, let's just stick with it. 
Again, I don't know if that's what they did or not, but that's my guess as to what happened. That's what I think probably happened. And I think you could argue you're a LeBron away from winning this game, but does D'Lo go nuts for 40 points, 39 points if LeBron plays? Probably not. Uh, Master Lock Darvin Ham for not using the challenge on the D'Lo foul. Darvin Ham didn't use the challenge at all, which was a, a surprise. It's frustrating. Um, should have used it. Had opportunities. Had moments where he needed to use that. Justin said, what does Ham do well? I can't think of anything. LeBron finishing his career dealing with this clown show from the owner down to the head coach. Rui, you played well too. 17 points in 19 minutes. We're going nowhere with Darvin Ham. I think if you want to get rid of Darvin Ham, the question becomes, who is who is it that you're replacing him with? And are you as an organization, 100% you know Darvin Ham is simply not the guy and you're willing to pay him for the next two seasons to go do nothing because that's what you're going to do. And I think you can make an argument that you should. But what are the players saying? What does LeBron believe? There's maybe been, if you read between the lines, LeBron's made some comments about certain players that he thinks the Lakers, or the, the, when LeBron gives praise, LeBron will give praise to players on another team. LeBron will give praise to another coach. And it often winds up being construed as being sort of taking a shot at his own team, right? He'll talk about how important it is to have three-level scores like he did against the Suns. Kind of throws in a question. What do the Lakers not have three level scores? Eh, not really. Not enough. Then it's Ty Lue. This is Ty Lue's Clippers turn. It didn't take Ty Lue long to figure things out with James Harden. Then it's why is it taking Darwin so long to figure things out? I don't think LeBron is happy. I don't think LeBron is happy. And if LeBron is telling the front office, hey, this is not working, this guy is not it, we need to move on. Maybe they should, but I don't know if that's exactly what's being said. But it seems like LeBron's not thrilled. But the front office, according to multiple sources, multiple reports, they're going to stick with Darvin Ham. That's the decision that they've made. They're going to stick with him. Heather is a new channel member. Welcome in, by the way. If you guys haven't checked out the YouTube channel membership program, you can click that join button. You can see what it is that we have to offer the perks that membership brings. Uh, Nathan said, needed AD offensively, <laughs> not ED. <laughs> no hate, though. He's been having a nice season overall. Yeah, agreed. Uh, agreed, Nathan. M. Dread, jealous of teams that can keep a steady diet of good defense. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers have been, been tough right now. Defensively, they're not getting the stops that they need, not getting the scores that they need. It's a mess. It's a mess right now. And this is, again, we're barely over a month removed from winning the in-season tournament and looking like a next-level defense. It's shocking how quickly the wheels have fallen off on this team. It's shocking. And let's face it. They have to make a trade. They have to. They have to do something. They probably have to do multiple somethings at the trade deadline. If you're the front office, you cannot allow this to continue. And that may put Rob Polink in a difficult spot because if I'm an opposing team, I'm saying, hey, Rob, you need to make a trade. You need to get something done. So you're going to give us what we want. 
That's tough. That's a tough spot to bargain from. But they pulled it off last year, and they were in a similar position. So now, once again, the pressure's on the front office to make the moves they need in order to right the ship. And I do think some tough decisions are going to have to be made. I think some tough decisions are going to have to be made. Because here's the thing. If you look at this roster right now, what do you want to do? At the trade deadline, ideally, you don't want to part with Austin. You don't want to part with your 2029 first. You don't want to part with Max Christie. Those are your top three assets, right? D'Angelo Russell, we've heard a lot of teams are, they're not putting a bunch of value on him. Maybe tonight's game helps, 39 points, but they're not putting a lot of value on D'Angelo Russell in part because of the player option that he's got this summer. That's a lot of uncertainty on a team's books. They don't want that. So really your top three, it's Austin Reeves by a lot. It's your first. It's Max Christie that are going to have interest. They don't want to trade that stuff. Understandable. But ultimately, at least one of those things, they're probably going to have to relinquish. And the question is, what are they, what are they trading? And then from there, it's what other salaries have to be added in. Because let's face it, Austin Reeves making 12 million bucks. Even if you give in and you trade Austin, which is something that the Lakers have been loath to do, they don't want to trade him. But if they give in, they relent because every team is asking for him and they trade him, you're going to have to add salary to that. Otherwise, you're not getting anybody back that's making $12 million that's going to make an, uh, any kind of a difference on this team. So you're going to have to stack up some salaries. So then it becomes Austin and D'Lo. Then it becomes Austin and Rui. Austin and Gabe Vincent. I mean, throw some names out there. And that's where the Lakers have got to be careful with what they do. They've got to find the right trade at the right number. It's not going to be easy. And again, I don't think that unless they just decide we're not going to make any trade, and I don't think that's an acceptable path right now, they're going to have to come off of one of the things, at least one, if not more, that they do not want to trade. Teams have to get something back in return. Teams have to get something back in return. My guess, what they'll be willing to come off of, it's the 2029 first. That's my guess. Now, it's possible if they wait on that, they could have three first-round picks to move, potentially, this year, this summer. They could have their 2024 first, and then getting another year past uh, would open up another first-round pick for them to move. But... Do you want to wait till then? How does LeBron feel about that? Probably not super happy about it. And that's part of the reason why when I look at, when I'm looking at Zach Levine, like a lot of people ask, Zach Levine, DeJounte Murray. Zach Levine or DeJounte Murray? Wait, who can you get? I'm more in favor of going after DeJounte Murray. And part of that, look, I think Zach Levine is a, is a fine player. I think Zach Levine would help this team. Somebody commented earlier, the Lakers would have won if Zach Levine was on the team tonight. Maybe he would have given them a little bit more pop on the offensive end. So maybe, but his contract is what it is. I think it's more likely that DeJounte Murray is going to have value into the future. I think you can make real arguments for Zach Levine and what he would do to help this team. You can make real arguments for DeJounte Murray and how he would help this team. You can make arguments for both guys.
but the contracts to me matter so much because there may come a point, maybe it's not right now, but maybe it's two years from now, where the Lakers are in a very different position and they decide, okay, now is the time when we need to start rebuilding this and we need picks and we need guys who we can turn into draft picks. I think DeJounte Murray is more likely because of his contract, because it's so team-friendly, especially going into the future as the cap rises. His deal tops out at $30 million five years from now. He's 27 years old. To me, that's a contract that's going to maintain value. Zach Levine, three years from now, is at $50 million and it's a player option. And he's got a long history of injury. He's a fine player. But when I add in the contracts... If the Lakers need future flexibility, because you're going to sacrifice flexibility to make one of these trades, but if you need to recoup some of that flexibility, if you need to get future assets for one of these guys, I think there's more flexibility. There's more potential to flip the contract down the road in DeJounte Murray. And to me, if I'm the Lakers, that has to be part of my decision-making. It has to. You might want to say, go all in right now. Go get LeBron James, whatever he needs to win right now. That's fine. Right. But the reality is this franchise is still going to be here after LeBron. And you have to have a way to pivot. You can't just enter a decade of darkness when LeBron sails off in the sunset. You need to have a plan moving forward. And at some point, it will be time to rebuild. At some point, that bill is going to come due for all the future picks that you've traded. You need a way to recoup some of that future draft capital if you're going to build the next generation of this team after LeBron, maybe after Anthony Davis. So that's where, if I'm the Lakers front office, I can swing a deal and get DeJounte Murray. In my mind, at worst, I think DeJounte Murray and Zach Levine, pretty even in terms of what they can bring. They bring it in different ways, but pretty even in terms of what they can bring. At worst, I think you can make an argument that DeJounte Murray brings more to the table been playing great basketball for the last month and a half. But at worst, if they're even, the contract breaks the tie by a lot for me. And that's why I'm on the side of you go get DeJounte Murray. If you can. And I don't know if the Hawks are going to be willing to trade him. But we'll see. Uh, Smokey said no real trade assets. A bunch of Clippers slash Nuggets second round picks, which is nothing. Personally, I don't think we'll get Murray unless he wants it. Keep in mind, Murray is a clutch sports client. Something to add in. I've heard heard from within the Lakers that there's the belief that they may be able to get it done. Again, that's from the Lakers side. And... I would imagine what the Hawks are going to ask for, the Lakers probably won't want to give. If I'm the Hawks also, I'm probably waiting until closer to the actual deadline before I actually pull the trigger on anything because I want to see who else pops up as a suitor. Murray's playing great right now. I don't feel the urgency to have to move him now. Even if the Lakers are saying, hey, we want to do a deal now, doesn't mean you have to. So I hope the Lakers can find a way to pull off a good move, a good deal. Murray, I think, is the name they've been connected to most. I think he's probably the guy they're going to be the most interested in. Doesn't mean they're going to get it done. But it's not impossible. 
for them to get this deal done. I think there may be a way to get it done. All right. Before we need to move over to Sean Davis's show, let's do our our favorite segment. Master Lock of the Night. The Master Lock of the Night. All right, chat. Fire it off. What was your most annoying thing from tonight's game? Your least favorite thing from tonight's game? Vent a little bit. (laughs) Dylan Brooks already. Already in there. Oh, David said Master Lock. Fake depth. I actually thought the Lakers' depth kind of showed up today. Christian Wood, D'Lo, Austin scored. Yeah, I mean, but it was AD. It's not good in this one. Mas- David said Master Lock Colin Sexton. Master Lock that they lost. More Master Lock Dylan Brooks. Um... Master Lock Darwin Ham's pockets. Master Lock Anthony Davis's offense. Some people say Master Lock me. I understand. We're we're upset with everybody right now. <laughs> Sander, come on. Said, I figured out while Ham's hands are in his pockets, he's reaching for money to pay Trevor not to blame him. Have you heard a word I've been saying, Xander? I've been saying blame Darvin Ham. Been talking about it for over a month. That Darvin Ham has not been good, that he's been making mistakes, that the schemes are a mess, and all of these things. I'm just saying he's not the only thing. Holy moly. <laughs> All right, my official master lock for this game. <laughs> it's going to be Anthony Davis's offense. And it's tough because Anthony Davis has been great for the bulk of the season. He's been fantastic. But, but, unfortunately, the Lakers were an average Anthony Davis game away from winning this one tonight. And therefore, I've got a master lock. Anthony Davis's offensive production. I mean, my goodness, he was missing layups out there unbelievable unbelievable from anthony davis so i've got to go with anthony davis for my master lock in this one and again he's been great i wouldn't have guessed that i'd be master locking ad as Riddell mentions but ad got a triple double he did but it was a triple double but it was not good it was not good All right, let's do a couple more questions, comments, and then we're going to give way to Sean Davis's post-post-game show. Justin, Jeannie has made this franchise an embarrassment with her comments. She worries about her back pocket and not winning. AD's burnout, plays 40 minutes every game, running it back. Ham says, nah, I'm good. I don't know. Has Jeannie said a lot about her, her wallet, about saving money and things like that? I can't think of anything offhand that she said, that, but maybe there was something. But AD being burnt out, AD and LeBron are having to log major minutes. And that's not, it's not the point of how this team's constructed. 
this team was constructed in a way that ideally should allow Anthony Davis and LeBron James to not have to play so many minutes to have some depth around them. That's just not been the case this season, at least not for the last month or so. Zay said, honestly, a trade won't do anything for this team. I mean, you could have said the same last year and then they made trades and it did a ton for the team. So it could that be right? It could be. Could be they make a trade and it, it's ineffective and we're living in this place for the entire season. And that would be awful because this is not fun. But again, we were in this spot last season and they made trades and it changed a lot. Changed a lot. Brian said Rui had the highest plus minus on the team and still didn't close. Again, he was on a minutes restriction. That's why. That was why. Sanjay, to close things out, Lakers need to do three things to improve. Rui in the starting lineup. I'm assuming you mean for Reddish. Uh, trade for a true center. Okay. Can still, so that would push AD to the four? Is what you're, what you're saying? And then Austin Reeves needs to come off the bench with Cam. So you're starting D'Lo? So your lineup includes D'Lo, I'm guessing D'Lo, Torian, Rui, LeBron, AD. I'm assuming that's your starting lineup. It's not bad. I'd have to, to run the numbers and see exactly what that is. But um, D'Lo, Torian, Rui, that, you don't have a lot of perimeter defense. That's the only challenge with that. But again, that's where you need more two-way players. I think Rui can be a two-way player. He's just not as good defensively as Vando or, or Cam Reddish is, but Rui can give you a little bit defensively. I don't hate that lineup. Oh, last one. Davion said Rui ramped up his trade value. Maybe, maybe Rob Polinka is going to get some calls uh, tomorrow on Dila. By the way, important date coming up, and that's January 15th. That's when the last two Lakers who will be trade eligible this season become trade eligible, and that's Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura. Again, that is January 15th, so... That's Monday. Coming up. Monday. All right, everybody. I do thank you guys for joining me tonight on a Saturday evening. Frustrating game, of course. I wish this was a better outcome. But do hang out because Sean Davis is going to get the post-post game show started in just a moment. Thank you guys again. Make sure you support our sponsor, and that's Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and then use that code LakersNation. Till next time, everybody. See ya. And stay safe. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.